Good afternoon, and welcome to the Middle East Forum Speaker Webinar Series and Podcast. I'm Stacey Roman, and I will be moderating this discussion today. We are pleased to have Barack Bechtel, a writing fellow here at the Middle East Forum and Gatestone Institute, join us to discuss, will Turkey unleash Afghan migrants on the UE? Mr. Bechtel will speak for 15 minutes and open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type your question. And with that, I will turn the discussion over to Mr. Brock Bechtel. Oh, sorry, you're uh, still muted there. There. Yep. There we go. Okay. Uh, again, thank you, Stacey, for welcoming me with that introduction, and thank you for, to the Middle East Forum and to everyone listening. Uh, Tim Marshall's best-selling book, Prisoners of Geography, uses 10 maps of crucial regions to explain the geopolitical strategies of the world powers. Marshall argues that all leaders of nations are constrained by geography that their choices are limited by mountains, rivers, seas, and concrete, and of course, neighbors. To understand world events, news organizations, and other authorities often focus on people, ideas, and political movements, but without geography, we never have the full picture. That argument, Marshall's argument, is, is correct, but not always. Uh, for instance, Finns have prospered sitting by an evil and potentially aggressive neighbor like Soviet Russia and then Russia. Japan's literal neighbors include North Korea and China. Uh, Greece flourished and became a member of the European Union when its neighbors were Turkey, Communist Bulgaria, Albania, and the non-aligned Yugoslavia. In the Maghreb today, Tunisia ranks as the world's 54th best functioning democracy, uh, whereas neighboring the EU and the candidate for membership, Turkey ranks 107. Sitting in a sea of existentialist enemies, Israel is the only working democracy in the Middle East. Therefore, my point is that uh, it is not who lives in your neighborhood only, it is rather how you manage your own house. So looking eastwards from where I live, what I have seen in the past couple of weeks reminded me of South African writer J.M. Coetzee's famous novel, Waiting for the Barbarians. The award-winning book's title was most probably inspired by the 194 poem, Waiting for the Barbarians, by the same name, uh, by the Greek poet Konstantinos Kavartis. And watching Afghanistan to collapse into a Sharia state, the Turks are waiting for the barbarians. But not only that, their arrival will soon justify Marshall's argument. Nations are prisoners of their geographies. Recently, hordes of young Afghan men in tattered military uniforms strolled aimlessly down neighborhoods in Istanbul which is already home to hundreds of thousands of Syrian refugees. And eventually Turkish police detained and deported only nine of them. Hundreds of others have been communicated, communicating with their uh, connections in Afghanistan and Iran, and most likely updating them on the legal migration routes into Turkey. Afghans would 
typically pay smugglers around $1,000 for the trip from Kabul to Van, uh, which is a city in Eastern Turkey, bordering Iran. And with the victory of the Taliban and the collapse of the Afghan government, hundreds of thousands may be crossing via Iran into Eastern Turkey, seeking the least dangerous and least costly route into European Union soil. After the United States fully pulls out of Afghanistan, Turkey's borders with Iran will be packed with people trying to get into Turkey. But once in Turkey, there's no clear path to establishing legal status or no organizations at all to support families in need of food and, and shelter. The United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, UNHCR, no longer processes asylum claims in Turkey and claims through Turkish government offices can take years. Turkey thus is facing this new wave of illegal immigrants when it is already inundated with hosting 3.5 million registered Syrian migrants, nearing 5% of Turkey's total population. Today, more than a million Syrian children aged between five and 17 or 63 of the total are attending Turkish schools. In the past three years, 120,000 Syrians became Turkish citizens. They own shops, run businesses, and live in predominantly Syrian ghettos in Istanbul and Ankara. In three Turkish provinces uh, in southeastern Turkey, Syrians account for more than 20% of the population. In one province, in the province of Kilis, they make up 74.3% of the total population. With a poor per capita income of just $8,000, uh, Turks are already wary of cheap, illegal Syrian workers taking their jobs. Now this insecurity is compiled with so many Afghan migrants who will be vying for the same jobs. Turks are discovering uh, in a very unpleasant way the virtues of a fresh surge of nativism which will likely lead to violence. And the signs are already there. After a Turkish teenager was killed in a fight with a group of migrants from Syria, a mob which was hundreds strong took to the streets of a neighborhood in Ankara. They were throwing stones at the Syrian migrant zones, ransacking shops and chanting anti-Syrian slogans. The scene looked like a Muslim on Muslim pogrom. The police did detain over 70 rioters in connection with the violence. The first 10 years of Syria's civil war resulted in 6.5 million asylum seeker migrants from a population of 22 million. Afghanistan's population, on the other hand, is 75% larger than Syria's at the start of its, its civil war. And Afghans are facing possibly the world's most brutal army of radical Muslims, now installed in Kabul and under what US President Joe, Joe Biden said, were all the tools and equipment of any modern military. We provided advanced weaponry, which the Taliban has captured from the disintegrating Afghan National Army. Biden has, in fact, bestowed advanced weaponry courtesy of US taxpayers uh, not only on the Taliban, 
Al-Qaeda and ISIS, but also on Russia, China, and Iran, who will doubtless now reverse engineer the abundant material. Afghans have good reasons to flee their country by the millions, and Iran is their natural first stop. Once in Iran, they will be given easy and safe passage to Turkey. That is kind of Iran's gift to Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Again, Turkey is already home to nearly 5 million migrants. The incremental arrival of another 5 million would paralyze Turkey, its economy, politics, and relative safety. But Afghan migrants will not uh, be only Turkey's problem. At the peak of the Syrian crisis in 2015, well over a million Syrians requested asylum in Europe. By nationality in 2015, Syrians were the biggest group among migrants of different nationalities arriving from Turkey into Greek territory. Five years later today, Afghans have taken the lead and this is even before the biggest Afghan wave has even started. In 2020, Erdogan threatened to flood the countries of Europe with millions of Syrians. His government transported, officially transported, thousands of them to Turkey's border with Greece in Thrace, opened the gates and pushed them into uh, the no man's land. Within the first week, the Turkish government claimed nearly 200,000 Syrians had entered Greece. The real number was just a couple of thousand. Erdogan's bluff had failed. Since then, he has not tried another Turkish government-sponsored migrant dump onto Greek territory. Uh, there's a lesson to be taken from this incident. All the same, if the Greek and EU border agencies do not want to relieve the 2015 migrant crisis, they should review their blueprints to protect Greek territory from migrants and get ready for another inflow this year. At my home away from home, which is a North Aegean Greek island, I observed that the Greeks took valuable lessons from the refugee crisis that peaked in 2015. With the help of, help of the EU's border security agency, Frontex, they're better controlling their land and sea borders with Turkey. That's good news. But the current Greek capabilities augmented by Frontex may fail to prevent a new flow of tens of thousands of refugees, this time Afghans, not Syrians. There's not much time. The barbarians are really coming. The Athens government should be financially and technologically assisted by the EU's heavyweights if countries like Germany do, do not want to absorb a million Afghans some of whom could be radicals disguised as innocent refugees fleeing the Taliban. Greece's land border with Turkey at Evros in Thrace is well protected. The problem will be at sea. Aegean islands neighboring Turkey like Lesbos, Chios, Samos, Leros, Kalimnos, and Kos should be better protected by the Coast Guard. For that, Greece needs advanced technology such as drone-centric patrolling and the Naval Rapid Reaction Force. Erdogan has promised to fortify Turkey's difficult border with, terrain, with Iran, but he may not be able to do that technically. That border is extremely difficult terrain. At the same time, Erdogan is facing re-election in 2023. That will be an election where votes 
could be a game changer, even if he votes. And most recent research has found that 40% of the Turks who voted for Erdogan's ruling coalition disapprove of the presence of Syrian and Afghan refugees. All the same, Erdogan will try to use the Afghan Kurds as a bargaining chip in Turkey's troubled relations with the EU, uh, like he did with the Syrian refugees in the past few years. The undereducated, potentially radicalized, wary and poor barbarians are coming. And this time, it's both Erdogan's and Europe's problem. Thank you. All right, thank you so much. Uh, so the first question we have is Ira Strauss asks, Erdogan has weaponized migration for a decade now. Uh, he is, uh, yes, uh, how is the, but the West has mostly responded by giving in and buying him off. Do we have other options? Uh, yes, the real option is, 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 is a political, political and understanding not to bow to Erdogan's threats. Uh, as I mentioned in my, my, my short speech, uh, the more Europe is, is, gets prepared to protect its borders from migration from Turkey, which is 99% uh, via Greece and Greek islands, uh, the more Europe will have leverage on Turkey and Erdogan's threats. So uh, what needs to be done is simple. Just push back illegal immigrants. Thank you. Uh, David Levine asks, writers have suggested that Afghanistan is not really a country, just a collection of tribes. But before we get rid of them, the entire population was actually, got rid of them, was actually supportive of the Afghan mon monarchy. Would attempting to restore the monarchy be a solution for the refugee problem? Yes, yeah, but this is, I mean, we, we cannot uh, ignore Afghanistan's political demography. This is what Afghanistan is now. Yes, it is a tribal country. It's not even a country. Uh, leave aside being a semi-demi working democracy. Uh, that's a reality. But then there will be lots of uh, political calculations on the future of Afghanistan with different neighboring and non-neighboring uh, nations getting involved in them. And Turkey is one of them. And, and, and China and Russia are others. But this is becoming, uh, the refugee aspect is becoming more a European problem uh, than a US, Russian, Chinese one at the moment. In the future, uh, the tribal structure of the Afghan nation uh, can turn back against Russia through uh, supporting separatist movements in Caucasia and against China by supporting uh, Uyghur violence in East uh, Turkestan. So, we don't know how this poor nation is going to end up politically and strategically. But at the moment, the imminent problem is uh, threatening European borders. 
So you did so mention there is a there is a sorry, I'm getting a little feedback. Uh, there's good reason for the Afghans to flee. Where where exactly do you think they should go? Um, what what can the other countries, the EU, and US, be doing to help? Yeah, there is okay. Uh, I understand the motivation that 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 uh, leads them to 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 flee, but if you think in religious terms and 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 take into account the fact that Afghans are quite devout Muslims, uh, the most natural first and last stop for them should be either Pakistan or Iran, both Muslim countries. Okay, Afghans are mostly Sunni, Iranians are Shia, there can be hostilities between them, but that leaves us with the, 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 the only viable uh, option, which is Pakistan, which brings us to the reality that most Afghans are fleeing uh, Afghanistan, their homeland, uh, because they fear their lives, because the Taliban is, is one of the most brutal, uh, most violent organizations. Yes, but behind that idea, when you uh, look at the simple fact that their destination is Europe and the Western world, you come to the unavoidable conclusion that there is also some economic motive behind this migration move. Okay, they're fleeing Afghanistan because there's war and there's a threat of the Taliban. But when they cross the border into Pakistan, there's no war there. When they come to Turkey, there's no war in Turkey. There's no civil war. And they're Muslims and Turkey is a Muslim country. So why would these people be tempted and risking their lives and tempted to go to Europe, Christian Europe? So that, uh, that is the economic motivation behind this migration. Understood. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Robin Sue Landsberg does ask, will Turkey be used as a place to train and then export terrorism? Could be a dangerous question to answer. But okay, we yeah. can keep moving on then. Uh, Turkey has already uh, been involved in training some uh, gray area, I call them gray area radicals, Islamist jihadists, training and equipping them for fight in the Syrian civil war. Uh, there is evidence for that. But Afghans, yes, why not? I mean, uh, Erdogan's uh, neo-Ottoman uh, ambitions, they, you know, strange beyond the former Ottoman lands and, 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 and go even to uh, countries like Libya, again, former Ottoman lands, Syria, Iraq, uh, and now Somalia, Yemen. And, and uh, why not if Erdogan feels that he has reinforcements from another Muslim country whom he can use in this semi-jihadist war against the infidels, uh, why should they miss the opportunity? So this is a potential source of uh, new jihadist warriors fighting 
a mercenary war on behalf of Erdogan, Erdogan's neo-Ottoman ambitions. Thank you. And I know that you have said this, but Jay Lewis asks, what route are the Afghans taking to get into Turkey? Before we move on to the other questions. Be not just because it's it's another Muslim country that they, they can uh, seek refuge, but Turkey is the only gateway for them to reach European soil. Okay, so with uh, Turkey and Iran, you, you said that they were working to fortify the border with Iran, uh, mostly for the 2023 election. Uh, but Carrie Hillebrand asks, how practical is it for Turkey to seal the border with Iran to cut down on the Afghan migration? Well, first of all, technically, physically, and technologically speaking, it is an enormously Herculean task to, to fortify that, that border. It's a very difficult terrain. And uh, Turkey will need vast resources and technology. And, and it's not in Turkey's uh, spending priority that kind of money to, to fortify uh, the Iranian border in order to protect a, a wave of Afghan migrants. But on the other hand, that's a dilemma for Erdogan because he has to. Somehow he must find a way. Uh, my guess is, is, is my educated guess is, is that Erdogan will be inclined to fortify the border to a certain extent, but eventually will fail to control the border fully. Thank you. Alan Markovsky asks, uh, Markovsky asks, how do you think an opposition-led government would respond to this problem? This problem will definitely be one of the issues in the presidential campaign in 2023. Uh, both sides, both Erdogan and the government and the opposition, they have not yet uh, fine-tuned their policies on, on, on migration. On the one hand, there is massive discontent about Syrian migrants in Turkey and potentially arriving Afghan migrants. The opposition is trying to kind of politically abuse this and use it against the government, while Erdogan is uh, still thinking that uh, new arrivals of refugees, if he can keep them in Turkey, he could use them as, as a bargaining chip in his dealings with both the United States and the EU. But these lines are not clear yet. So both sides, the government and the opposition, must fine tune their policies. Understood. Stephen Orlo asks, mm -hmm. would it not be possible for Erdogan and the Turks to work their way back into the good graces of the U.S. and Biden by using its offices to help U.S. citizens and U.S. allies stranded in Afghanistan? Uh, yes, this is, this is a matter that Erdogan is trying to uh, use in kind of mending fences uh, with the US administration. 
this is uh, an opportunity, he thinks, which he can use by highlighting Turkey's face value to the West. Exactly. Uh, there have been allegations that uh, Erdogan and Biden had a secret agreement for that kind of uh, a transit route facilitated by Turkey and through Turkish territory. But that has been denied both by the US and Turkish governments. So I have no information if that, uh, if, if those press reports were, were, were correct or not. Thank you. And one viewer asks, uh, I've read that Erdogan has welcomed the Taliban's moderate tones. What does that mean for the Turkey-Afghanistan relationship? There will be lots of question marks and unknowns and uncertainties in, in Turkey's relations with Afghanistan because there, there are millions of question marks and uncertainties about the future of Afghanistan itself. Uh, but what we have to point out from that dialogue uh, which Turkey has been having with the Taliban for over the past few years in Doha, Qatar, is that Erdogan wants to have a peaceful relationship with the Taliban. He recently said that uh, this, is a, this was a very important statement exposing Erdogan's understanding of Islamism. He said that uh, the Taliban's understanding and interpretation of Islam does not contradict with Turkey's, which was a kind of approval that the Taliban can stone that women, behead people, and seek Sharia rule in, in, in their country. This was a kind of revealing moment for those who are trying it difficult to understand Erdogan's uh, hidden Islamism. Thank you. And can you just go over again, uh, Greece fortifying, fortifying its borders and, and how the, the route via sea is actually a little permeable at the moment? Um, that seems to be a fascinating point. If you could just elaborate a bit more on that. Yeah. We're talking about uh, five or six islands in difficulty neighboring uh, the sea border with Turkey. Uh, these islands uh, have distances between five miles to 20 miles to Turkey. So we're not talking about an open sea CH problem like Israel has in Gaza. So if Israel can protect Gaza from intruders, which is an open sea, which is much more difficult to protect. It's the Mediterranean. And if you uh, compare the Israeli task of uh, protecting the naval borders in, 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 in Gaza to Greek island borders in Turkey, 
Greeks have a much more simple task to do. So what does that tell us? It tells us that with technology, especially by, by operating drone technology, but advanced drone technology, Greeks can do it. What they need to do is to get some kind of uh, political and financial support from the EU, uh, most notably from Germany, and then seek some kind of technological uh, know-how and cooperation from a country like Israel. And follow up to that question, do you think that the EU and Israel would, would help Greece with that? Israel has become an ally of Greece. So I don't see any reason why Israel should be reluctant to cooperate. And I don't see any reason why uh, the EU should be reluctant to financially sponsor these pro uh, programs because after all, this is an EU issue. It's not, an, it's not a Greek issue. And we're not talking about billions of dollars. We're talking about small budget, smart defense technology. Thank you. And uh, Jose actually asks, there are some laws in some European countries that forbid to push back illegal immigrants. Uh, you would also need the country from which they come to accept them back. Uh, so the solution doesn't always seem straightforward, such as Italy and Spain receiving lots of illegal immigrants coming by sea in small boats and they can't send them back. Well, what do you think should happen in this regard? I think pushback is, is 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 a must. Uh, once you once you're really soft on border protection, that bird goes through millions of potential refugees who would be encouraged to cross the border, uh, either through the Mediterranean crossing into countries like via Sicily into Italy or, or Spain or France or Greece via Turkey. Uh, so pushback policy discourages new arrivals. That's why I think it's a must. Understood, and thank you. At the same time, uh, there is the, the, the justification, the, the, the moral lesson from it. As a Turkish citizen, I cannot travel into any European Union country without a visa. With my uh, valid passport and this and that. Everything is legal, everything is valid, but without a visa, I cannot travel into any country without a visa. So why should an illegal immigrant be given uh, an easy entry into a Schengen zone country or a European Union country without any valid documents. Of course, understood. And before we go, can we can you let our viewers know where we can find some more of your work? Sorry, can you repeat that? Oh, could you let our viewers know where we can find some more of your work? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm now working on a book uh, which is going through the editing process is about anti-Semitism in Turkey and Turkey and Israel bilateral relations since 2006. 
until today. That's where I'm focusing at the moment. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, we've come to the close of our webinar. Thank you again, Mr. Bechtel, Thank for you. speaking with us today. Thank you, of course. For our viewers and listeners, please note that we will not be having the Israel Insider webinar this week, and our Friday webinar will take place at 11 a.m. Eastern. Thank you all for joining us, and I hope you have a great day.